Hey there, family. It's me, Cloyd. I just wanted to welcome you to a special edition of the Barnabas Speaks podcast. This is a sermon that I preached this past Sunday called Broken Jars. I hope that it blesses you and that it blesses your life. God bless you and thank you for listening. Like I said earlier, I'm humbled. Humbled by everyone's presence. Uh, we're going to get straight into the word. I am coming from the, I have two scriptures. I'm a one scripture type preacher, but today, in order to make it plain, I need two scriptures. So the first one is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in the seventh verse. And we're going to read on down to the 12th verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in the seventh verse, reading on down to the 12th verse. If you would please stand for the reading of God's But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And for the next scripture, I would like to read from Daniel chapter 3. This is going to be our case study. As you have theoretical, we need a case study. So let us use Daniel chapter 3 as our case study. And we're going to start in the 19th verse. Daniel chapter 3, starting in the 19th verse. Then Nebuchadnezzar's face was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His attitude towards him changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar rather, leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly. They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth one like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their, of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. The Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command 
and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. But no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the province of Babylon. Let us pray. The Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you would come and visit us, Lord God. Now, Lord God, you know what we've worked on and we spoke about this week, Lord God. So now I will sit down and let you get up, Lord God. Use me, Father, Lord God, that your people may be encouraged, enriched, and built up, Father, Lord God, by your word. Lord God, we ask all these prayers in such his name. Amen. For a, you may be seated. For a subject today, I would like to use broken jars. Broken jars. I have been doing some type of ministry probably since I was 13 or 14. And I probably gave my first speech probably when I was 16. And one of the hardest things for me to do is not the middle of the, of the, the speech or the sermon, it's the beginning and end. And, I, uh, and so like as a preacher, you, you find out, you find different things to kind of start. It. And so sometimes I'll say like, uh, how shall we start this? Like, and, it, and it seems like it's uh, a conversation, but I, I, I was trying to figure out how do I start this topic? And I did not figure it out to this morning. I was, um, I was on Instagram scrolling and I happened to see, I guess last night was the induction to the NFL Hall of Fame. And uh, Brian Dark Dawkins was inducted. And as he gets his gold jacket on, he's hugging, uh, he's hugging a friend and the next thing I know he just say, he breaks out into praise. It's hallelujah, pray, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I realized that's how I was gonna start. I was gonna start with, with this is that, with this question, why do we do anything if it's not to the glory of God? Broken jars, how did I come up with that topic? How did, how did we get to this broken jar? So our text is 2 Corinthians, but our case study is Daniel. I have read Daniel over and over. I read it once a year. I, I love the study of Daniel, and it's, you find so much revelation. You find so much about faith. And I've read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I've been in church since I was six, and I've heard this scripture preached many ways. And I always wondered why we never hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego again. You go to Hebrews, Hebrews uh, in the New Testament, they start talking about faith in You'll go around to the uh, 11th uh, chapter, and you'll begin to hear about all these the progenitors of, of the Christian faith. And you hear about Abraham, you hear about Noah, but you never hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I hear this story, this, this story of this, these men that now defy the king's order. But let me give you a background of, of what's happening here. I can't assume that everyone is familiar with this. So in chapter, in the beginning of chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this golden statue. And he says that when the music plays, everyone will bow. So at this, at this time, the Jewish people were in ex, exile in Babylon. And so they are still living by the, the, the Ten Commandments, by the law that God has given them. And so when the music plays, they do not bow. They do, don't bow. And what I love about it is their response when the king asks them, are you not going to bow? 
Now his response, I, the NIV says it differently, but I love how the King James says it. And it says that we are not careful to answer you, O King. Our God is able to do it, but even if he does it, we're not going to bow. God, like, man, this is the strong profession of faith. They're standing strong even before death. And then, but why aren't they mentioned later on? This, this, and then God said it was never about them. They were never in Babylon for their glory. They were, they were never in Babylon. They weren't the treasure. They, that's the whole thing that we think that in all our gifts, all, the, all the, the things, our talents that we're able to do, that we think the talents are about us. We think that the gifts are about us. But we are not the gift. We are just the jar that holds, in, holds the gift. We are just the carrier of the gift. We are, and so we think that because we can speak well, we can sing well, we, we can, some people can dance, or whether you, you're, you're really good at your job, and we think that when we go on our job and we're doing a good job, it is, it is for our sake. But it is never meant to be that way. We as believers, as, as Christians, as, as the body of Christ, we are carriers of the treasure. We are carriers of the treasure. I, I, I love movies. I love movies and music. And uh, one, of the, one of my movies, I love mysteries and suspense movies uh, and crime thrillers. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorites is uh, National Treasure. Not sure if you've ever seen it with Nicholas Cage. There's other people in it, but he's like the, the star. Like, uh, and I, John Boyd is in it as well. But uh, one of my favorite movies, and the whole idea is that they're trying to find the treasure. And so there comes a point where they're going for the treasure, and they get to the treasure room. And so when they get to the treasure room, there's no treasure in there. They're, 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 they're baffled. And then I realized, how, how does that translate? I realized that no one cares about the treasure room. No one cares about what they're looking for the thing that the, the, they're looking for the treasure chest if you will but the only thing they really want is what's in the treasure I mean, what's in the treasure chest rather they want the treasure and we must realize as believers that we are not the treasure we were never meant to be the gifts and the talents that God gave you have nothing to do with you and it's hard to, to, to imagine because we live in a social media age where the cameras always turns on us. I say that as we're, we're videoing, but, uh, but we, the cameras always turn on us. Chances are, most people, when they pull out their phone, the camera's not faced out, it's faced inward. It's, hey, how can you see me? How can you see me? Look at me do this. Let me, and so, especially when you think about Instagram and Snapchat, it's just, this is where I'm at now, and this is what I'm doing now. And then, but the reality is that we must ask ourselves, when we do that, how is God getting the glory in all our social media and all the things that we do? When we go to work, are we doing it in God's name? Is it in God's name? And so I, I started looking, I started studying, and I started looking at all the things in the Bible, and as I started reading the Bible, I realized that this life is not easy. No, not, not, not just life in general. Every, I did not want to stand here. Because I'm, I'm very knowledgeable of what comes with it. I, I read, I'll never forget what I read. It says, let no man say he wants to be a teacher. Because there's a higher level of responsibility. I am now, once I stand up here and say that I'm a teacher, I'm a preacher, I'm not responsible for souls. I'm responsible for every word that comes out of my mouth. Everything. The thing is that it's not just for teachers, though. If you profess that you are a Christian, if you say, I am a Christian, I am of Christ. Everywhere you go, you are now held accountable for who you are. You're, it's no longer 
Brandon. It's no longer Tisha. It's no longer Anthony. It is Anthony the Christian. So if I cuss somebody out, it's not Chloe cussing somebody out. It's now Chloe the Christian cussing somebody out. It is, it is now no longer do they hold me as the person that's doing this thing. That's Jesus that did it. That, that, it's Jesus. That's why people don't like the church. That's why people run away from the church. Because when we go somewhere, we're, we are no longer just ourselves. We are the jar. We are, we are carrying the treasure. We are car we, everywhere we go, we are now carrying Christ everywhere we go. But the problem is that we don't see it like that. We believe that we can cut it on and cut it off. We want to know, almost like the, the Eddie, Eddie Murphy uh, joke, what have you done for me lately, Jesus? I can't take it. I, it's all about us. How do we, we get this? But that's not what we find in the Bible. In fact, when Jesus calls Paul, this is exactly what he says, and I don't think I would have went if I was Paul. He says, he tells Ananias, I want you to go and tell Saul, he saw this time, I'm calling him because he's going to suffer greatly for my name's sake. He didn't say, hey, you're going to have a big following. He didn't say, hey, they're going to follow you. They're going to listen to everything you say. You're going to suffer. When he talks to Peter, he says that if a man wants to follow me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Peter now, when, uh, as you do the study, is that Peter dies the same way Christ died. In fact, they turn his cross upside down when they, when they uh, crucify him. He, all these things, and we think that this is the glorious life. Why do you want success? Why do you want to be famous? Why do you want people to follow you? Why do you want people to know your name? When I first read, I, I, was, quote, I preached from this scripture before, Daniel chapter 3, and the question I asked was, why do you want it? Why do you want it? Why? Can God trust you with success? T.D. Jake suggests, he asked the question, can God trust you with trouble? I don't think the problem is trouble. Because we have mastered trouble when we don't have anything. When we broke, we're used to trouble. Trouble come my way, I ain't got nothing to do, we know how to pray then, that's when we fast, we go to church on Sunday, we pay our tithes. But when we have success, can God trust us with trouble when we have success? That's the, that is, that is the issue. When, when, when your success is on the line, can God trust you still to take that stand? Can you, will you still say, no, I'm standing in Jesus' name? When they, when, when they say, hey, it's either your, your position or your faith. Now, we would like to say, no, I'm standing on my faith. We would like to say it, but we choose the wrong thing all the time. We just don't realize it. The only reason why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ever in the room is because God put them in position. If they were just servants, no one would even know that they weren't bound. God has to put you in places so that way you can make that you can make a difference. If you have no influence, God, if you have no influence, God, it's very hard for God to use you. I'm not saying that He can't use you, but if you have no influence with man. If if, if if people don't know that, hey, this person works hard, I can trust them. This person's in the position. When he speaks, people listen. It's hard for people to listen to you. Look at as you look at the, the line of faith. You look at and you look at uh, Joseph. Joseph, the story of Joseph is when he's he's in the prison and he goes from the prison to the, the palace to the and then he's palace. He's now over. He's over all. He's a second in command. 
If he doesn't have one integrity, if he doesn't have any of those things, God can't use him to save anyone because he's not even, he doesn't even have the ear, ear of the king. Who do you have the ear of but that you're not standing for Christ? Who do you have the ear of that you're not standing for Christ? Often we think that all of this is about us. Think about, we live in a narcissistic society. We live in a narcissistic society because everything is how does it help us? How does it help me? How do I get further? But that is not our confession. We can't call on our names and ah, be healed. I don't care how many times you say my name, I never died on the cross for you. I don't have any. I can present you to Christ, but I can't. I, I'm not the Christ. I am not Jesus. I never died for you. Now, I'm presenting you to God, but that's it. We have these treasures. We have these treasures. The treasure is Jesus Christ. We have this gift that we should be pouring out every chance we get. I'm not saying go to your job and preach. No. But when you go to your job, you should be on time. When you go to your job, you should be working in integrity. When you, should, when, you should, when you go to your job, you should be doing all the things that, that, that are aligned with being a good coworker. You shouldn't, they shouldn't find you at the water cooler talking about people. <laughs> they shouldn't find you doing any of those things because you said, because it's not just you anymore. You said you had a treasure. You said you were filled with the Holy Ghost. You said you wanted to live for Christ. You said you wanted God to use you. How can he use you if you let the world use you? How can he use you if every time somebody comes to you, you're gossiping? We're not the treasure. But we, we believe we're the treasure. Somebody told us we're the king of queen. Somebody told us that. That's, that, that's, that's the, the montage right now. That I'm a king, I'm a queen. That's not Christian talk. No, we are heirs. The only reason why people want to come see you as an heir is to get to the king. They are trying to get to God whether they realize or not. I promise you, people are searching. They don't, they don't know that they're searching for it. They don't know that they need God, but they need God. And you're the only God that they may ever see. I promise you, there's some people that will never step foot in here. There was some, there's some places that the church should go but can't go. It's just, it's just the reality of that because when the church comes, nobody wants to hear anything. But you, you're in places. You're, 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 you're in, in organizations that can go where that other people can never go. But when you go there, are they, do, have they met Christ? Have they seen Christ? Can, are you sure that if someone was a, <laughs> an, uh, a mentor of Tisha and I's, you should say this. She said, whenever she used to act up at work, her boss would say, hey, what about videotaping this and show it to, show it to your church? What, what, what if how you acted was videotaped and showed to your church? Would you be ashamed? Like, could you say, you know what? You know what? I was getting, I was, I was, I was living right for Christ. You know what the scary thing is? There is a videotape. God is watching the whole time. He, he, he's looking. But you, you hide from me. You like, I don't, I don't, I don't want Chloe to know. Because, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to look at me differently. No, I, I, no I'm, I'll tell somebody this, but I'm not going to tell Chloe because, you know, he's saved. But God's watching. You said you were saved. 
You said you love Christ. You said that you had Christ in you. So everywhere you go, I don't care where you go, you're carrying. You're carrying the treasure. You're carrying. I think the problem is, the challenge is that we don't look at it like that. We don't look at it. We say Jesus is alive. We say that he is risen. But we don't walk like he's risen. We, we don't. We, we, this, this is not. Because we say that we, are, we have God, and we, we have the Holy Spirit, and we're carrying God everywhere we go. But we don't care what we say God. Now, let's, let's use the word, let's use treasure. Let's use the treasure. Imagine if you had a million dollars cash in a backpack. You, you're mindful every, everywhere you go. You're mindful not to draw too much attention to yourself, too much negative attention. You don't brag too much. You're like, man, I just got it. I need to get from this point the nearest bank. I, I, I need to go and deposit it somewhere. I didn't know how this was going to happen, but God just helped me. Thank you, God. You have to deposit the treasure somewhere. Where you? The fact is, you watch how you walk. You're like, you know what? I can't go down that street. If I go down that street, I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to get distracted. I can't go, I can't go to that, that store because I'm going to spend all the money in the store. We think about how we, how, we think about how I'm going to get to point A to the bank. How am I going to get there? How am I going to do it? What route am I going to take? If God is the million dollars, do you think about where you walk? How you, how you talk? Do you, do you draw a negative attention to yourself? Do, do, do people realize that you even have a treasure? Or do you only do you say, I have Christ, but all your actions, whew, I don't look like the Christ I read about. I read about it, and I feel like God, I love your Jesus. I hate your Christians. I love your Jesus, and I hate your Christians. What does that mean? I love what I've read about him in here, but what I read about him in here is not what I see walking. What I read about him in here, he had compassion. I wasn't planning on saying this. When, when I read about him in here, he spoke up when he saw people being mistreated. He spoke up when, when our political party did what they wanted to do. He spoke up. He said something. He said something. Oh, I'm still coming. He said something when I, when, when I see someone not being faithful. He said something. He said it. How can you say that you, you love me? How can you say that you love me? How can you say that you follow me? But you don't do any of the things that I did. We're, the, we're carrying the treasure, but the problem is that we want to carry the treasure comfortably. We love being Christian until the rubber meets the road. Oh, we love it. We love it until we have a challenge. Then we go to everything but God. We go to everything but God. We go to our call. We go, we go to people that are not supposed to be in our beds. We go, we go to drugs. We go to pornography. We go to all these different things. We go to cussing. And we go to losing our mind on our boss when we shouldn't. We, 
said you had rights, but we don't go to any of these things. But that's not what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They could have easily bowed. And I'm going to tell you exactly what we would have said. God understands. You know what? God wouldn't have put me in this position if he didn't want me to lose it. So, you know, uh, yeah. You know, I'll bow this time. God, God knows my heart. But that's our favorite. God knows my heart. Unfortunately, he does. It, unfortunately, he does. God knows my heart. And he's searching it every day. But we, Shadrach, Meshach, Benigo said, you know what? I don't know if he's going to save us. But what I do know is that we're not valid. I don't know. Let me, let me put it in plain terms. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my job. But you know what? I can't denounce my God. You know what? I, I, don't, I don't know if, I, I, if I'm going to keep these followers, the people that, that, that follow me on Instagram. But I, I, I cannot. I cannot bow. I cannot bow. I, I, I can't. I can't change my I can't change my 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 characteristics of who I say Christ is because of a certain situation. I I, I know perfect example. I have to, I am, everyone knows, everyone that that that's, that knows me knows that I love God, that I'm a Christian, and that I'm, I'm a preacher. So when people come to me, whether it's members of my fraternity, friends, they know that it's some things I will not post. Just not. I don't care. I'm, I don't care what it is. They, they, I'm not going to do it. They come to me, hey, why are you not doing this? Now's the point. They don't even ask me. Next. Like, okay. Like, uh, yeah. Cool. Never mind. Uh, yeah, you got Literally, how they did. They won't even invite me in certain places. It used to bother me. When I was when I when I was uh, in the military, when I was young in the military, it used to bother me because people were like, uh, they, I I didn't cuss, and so I still don't cuss. But so when they uh, they would be cussing, they would apologize. Like man, you don't got to apologize. It, not, no, it's okay. I'm like, and the guy said, What are you doing? I said, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I made them feel uncomfortable. I I made them feel uncomfortable. I'm using you. You are not the treasure. I am using you. I put you in that place so that they can feel uncomfortable and they can feel convicted and they can turn to me. But if you never stand your ground, how can they be convicted? Because you never stand your ground. It had nothing to do with you. They weren't apologizing because of you. They weren't apologizing because of me. They didn't stop asking me because of me. They stopped asking me because of Jesus has convicted them. But they can never be convicted if you still keep on walking the same way they walk. How can they be convicted if you, if you look just like them? How can God put you undercover? Some places he puts you undercover like an undercover cop. He puts you there. He, he placed you there. So that way, they don't know that they're being changed, but they're being changed. They don't know they're being convicted. I don't know. One day they're going to be walking with you. They say, you know what? I don't need to be here. I don't even know. I'm going home. Brandon going home. I'm going home. Let's go. But you never change your mind. So you never say, no, I'm going home. I'm not going to those things. So they can't, they can't see an example of Christ. You're waiting for Jesus to come back. And he says, I'm supposed to be in you. Why don't you take me anywhere? Why won't you pick me up and carry me anywhere? Let me hear the, hear the confession. A 
now we hear the confession of Nebuchadnezzar. It starts off, uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, there is no God that can save you. He ends up and he says, only one God can save you. Before he didn't believe in God. Now he believes in God. But if God can't use you, he can't trust you to go anywhere, how can you change somebody's mind? How can God use you if you are so caught up and that you're the jar? You're so caught up and that you're carrying it, but you don't carry it anywhere. You're so caught up. I'm a Christian. I can't tell. Tell, show me what Jesus looks like. I would like to see what he looks like. One of my favorite scriptures. And one of, one of my favorite scriptures, it says that. And there's a groaning. Men are growing. They've been growing since the beginning of creation. They've been waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. They've been waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Some of them don't even know they're waiting. They're looking. Their life is looking for them. It's, 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 the, it's the guy you pass up and say, you know what? He probably just wants beer, so I'm not going to give him any money. Oh, yeah. they, they're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. It's the person that says, hey, I need you to pray for me. And you just keep on saying, I'm going to pray for you. But you, what you should do is say, come on, let's pray. Let's go. We, we can pray right now. They're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. But they can't see them. Because you know why? We're not on the cover anymore. Instead of turning the criminals, the criminals have turned us. We look just like them. We walk just like them. We talk just like them. We're supposed to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We're supposed to be all these things that no one can see. They're looking. Creation is looking, even if they don't know they're looking, they're looking. Have you seen Jesus? I heard about him. I, I went to church and I talked to the pastor. I talked to the deacons. I talked to the first lady. But I still ain't seen Jesus. I, I can't find him. We would see Jesus. I, I, I need to see Jesus. I, I don't even know why I'm looking for him, but I need him. I don't, I don't know why I decided to stop smoking on the, stress, the most stressful day of my life. But I know this is not working anymore. And, Gloria, uh, I heard you smoke. And I'm thankful for your testimony. See, that, see we don't get testimonies anymore, so nobody knows what we're struggling with anymore. And so they don't know that there's someone else that's been through what we went, they went through. And now they have tools to help us out. They have treasure in them. The jar is broken. I told you it was broken jars, right? The jar, see, you think you're perfect. You know why? Because you only put, when you put the camera on, you only put it on your good side. You only put it on your good side. You make sure that people can only see the good sides of you. You, you make sure that you put it on a clean area of your house. You, you, you make sure that you put the kids to sleep before you do your, your motivational video. So they think that you got everything together. They, they, they feel like, hey, this person is a perfect parent. They never stress out. They never want a break from their kids. They just love their kids. But, but now there's a, there's a mother that's sitting down and she's stressed. And she's watching on Instagram. She's watching on Facebook. And because you, you're not, because you're just only showing the good part of the jar, she don't realize that it's normal, that it's okay, that she's not by herself. And she, she's afraid to call you and say, hey, I'm struggling with this too. But 
because you, they feel like you wouldn't relate. But the jar is broken. It's broken. And the treasure is in it still. The jar is not pretty. It's not clean. It's dirty. But the treasure is in it. The jar is not special. The treasure is special. And I want to use, I want to do a demonstration, but I'll show you what it used to look like. We think, so think about the piggy bank. Now, the, the idea of the piggy bank was not so that when you can just open it, because now they have the little opening at the bottom. That's not how it started. There was no opening. The only way to get the treasure is that you had to break it. You literally had to break it. But you don't want to break anything. You don't want to see people, people see you broken. But how can they see the treasure if you're not broken? That's all they have, you have to be broken open. What's breaking open? What does it look like? It's telling people that your struggles. It's, it's telling people that, you know what, sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes, I, sometimes I, I, I get down on my knees and I go to pray and I ain't got nothing to say. I don't have any elegant words. Sometimes it's just tears. Sometimes I don't know how the bills are going to be made. Sometimes I, I don't know anything. I, I'm, I'm, st I'm sitting here. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. And some days, there's some days that you don't know what to do as a parent. There's some days I have my son's autistic, and some days that it's hard because I know he's expressing something to me, but he's mad, I'm hurting, because I don't know what he's saying, and, and I want to communicate with him. But if I never share that with someone, someone else, someone, no one else knows that I struggle with that, and that, you know what? Now that Aiden's five, I can tell you what, he, what it was like when he was two, and now that'll carry you on. But we only, we only want people to see the perfect side of the jar, not realizing that our jars are supposed to be broken. Because we're pulling people to Christ. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego never go into the fiery furnace, if they never stand their ground, it never changes Nebuchadnezzar's mind about God. There are people that are waiting for you to help change their mind about God. They don't realize it. They do not know that they should be, that their minds need to be changed. But it's true. We have in these treasures. We have in these jars treasure. We, we, we have treasure in us. And it says that we're hard pressed. We're, we're hard pressed. It's, 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 it's stressful. It's, it's, it's things around us. We're going to be in some, 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 some tough situations. But the tough situations is for God's glory. I, I need to squeeze you. Think about, think about a, a, a lemon. The skin of the lemon is not the, 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 what people want from the lemon. They want the juice. They want the liquid. In, in theology, they say that the spirit, the water is indicative of the spirit. And so, we'll just use liquid. See, I, I need to squeeze you. God said, I need to squeeze you. So that way I can get it out. In fact, you think about oil and olive oil and anointing oil. In order to get the olive oil out, you have to press. And you have to crush the, oil, the olive. And afterwards, it seems like the olive is no good. 
it's no good, but the goodness, the nutrients, everything that you need from the olive is inside. It's, it's, it's inside, but you can't get it out without crushing it, without putting it in conditions to where whatever is in there comes out. Without putting it in conditions where you remove the impurities, impurities, right? And so I listen to this analogy that Marvel Sapp gave, and it says that in order to remove the infections of gold, you have to put it in the fire. Now, you have to get to the point to where it's almost destroyed. We're hard pressed. We're, we're bending, but we're not broken. I'm, I'm bending you over, but I'm not gonna let you get broken. Because just when it feels like you're about to break, that's where I get my glory. Because when you swing, when you're bending, and they say, well, why is this person broke yet? What, what is so special? Why? I'm, I'm telling you, they went through a lot. They've been through hell. No, 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 not, 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 not a figure to hell. They've literally been through hell. They, they've been through turmoil, and, and, and they've been through foreclosures, and, and, and They've been through deaths, but for some reason, it seems like their joy is unshakable. How, what is it that you have? Oh, that's it. What is it that you have that's keeping you from breaking? Oh, let me tell you about my friend Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Because he says, Paul, I need you to go do some things in my name. And that is the scary part. Because we do everything in our name. We do everything in our name. I did this. I am talented. I can preach. I can sing. I, I, I. But he wants to know that he can take, go, have you go in his name. He wants to know that he can have you go in his name. I need you to suffer in my name. I need you to go to the job in my name. I, I want you to go to school in my name. I want you to go. I don't want you to go to the parts of town that you don't want to go in my name. I, I didn't think I was going to come back here. I want you to get to the point where your house won't sell in my name. No. Kid, when I was a baby, my biological mother died. Uh, she had lupus, and so she died. And for years, I was struggling with why God did it that way. I, I was, I was, I was going through this identity thing of of love, and I didn't understand why God did it this way. And for years. 20, I think I was 29 before he ever answered the question. Before he ever answered the question, he said, I needed to use you. I needed to use you, but I could not use you in your perfect state. He said, everything that you went through is so I could use you. So I could get glory out of you. I'm like, God, you couldn't teach me that with my mother? No. 
No, I had to do it this way. When my, when my sisters moved out, you had to do it that way too. No, I had to do it this way. There's a, there's a verse, not a verse, there's a line in the book by Harvey's. And it says, uh, the, the character Duck is on, on stage. And he says that, they say, Duck, you'll be a great writer when you suffer some more. And I thought that was just a good line. And then God said, one day, because he talks me through everything, he says, he says, son, you'll be a better preacher when you suffer someone. When you can relate to people more, when you can place yourself, you can get down from your high stage. He said, you know what? I know what it is to do everything right, to pay your bills on time, to pay your tithes, to go to church every Sunday, and then go home and have to eat ramen noodles. I, I, I know what it is to, to, to encourage people every day. For God to say, I know your house won't sound, your son just got diagnosed with autism, your wife just lost a baby. I know all that, but now I need you to call this person, encourage them. God, that person ain't called me once and they knew everything I was going through. I need you to do it. Hard press. Bent. In the fire. And then I wonder, and so I'm in the middle of encouraging them, and saying, you can get through this. Texting them encouraging words. Man, I, my spirit feels better. I, I feel good. I, I don't, this doesn't even make sense. The house still ain't sound. <laughs> that picture note is still on the door. But I feel better. He says, let me tell you how it works. You thought you were in control of the jar. Your responsibility is just to pour out what I gave you. I worry about the filling. I, I heard this, is that if you think about David, David King, so when uh, Samuel goes to David's house, <laughs> when he goes to David's house, he says, I'm looking to anoint one of your sons. And so all seven of David's sons come, and when Samuel goes to pour the, pour the oil, nothing comes out. When he gets to David, the oil flows free. He says that the oil is not being in there, but I control how it comes out. This is another oil story. There's a widow who's broke. And she says, and Elijah goes to her and says, make me some bread. Make me something to eat. And she's like, man. We have a little bit, and what we're gonna do is make this and die. I ain't got nothing for you. He says, this is what I want you to do. That oil that you have, go to your friends and get all the containers you can. Get all the containers you can. Now she only had a little bit of oil. 
let's say she had 50. Let's get the number. Let's say she had 50 potatoes. She only had, she said that I have enough oil for, to make food for me and my son, and then we're going to die. She feels another, she feels one pot. She feels another pot. She feels another pot. All the way to 50. It never says she runs out. God wants to put you in situations where all you can do is depend on him. Where, where he can place you in places even of providence in positions where you have influence and see if he puts you in trouble to where you lose that influence where you stand for him if he can put you in a place where you'll suffer and it makes more sense to not suffer to not suffer and go this way but where you stand when you're when you're hard pressed on every side when you're bent over, when, you, when it feels like your mind is lost, will you still stand? Can he still use you? Can he hear you say, we're not careful to answer you this okay? What the NIV says, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter. We don't have to sit here and debate with you. You can ask us, 20 more times, but we're not going to be. We're not going to battle. We're not going to worship. And then God wants to put you in the fire. So that when the person that put you in the fire looks and he says, didn't we put three men in? Oh, this, this is it. Didn't we put three men in? They say, yes, okay. Didn't we put three men in there bound? Yes, okay. Why are they unbound and there's four of them in there? We put three bound, but there's four of them walking around unbound. Plain text. Did <laughs> Come here, Joe. We took everything away. That was told the guy took everything away from him. Yet he still has kept his faith. Cloyd, didn't you grow up dysfunctional? Didn't your mom die? Didn't you have to leave school and felt like a failure? Didn't, didn't, didn't you go to the Air Force? Didn't you get your heart broke? But when I see you, you still have joy. When I see you, you still have peace. You're still loving your neighbor. You're still praising God. How? I see a fourth man in there. And he looks like the son of God. Brian, I see you going through all this stuff. I don't know why you weren't going to graduate. How do you still have faith? I see, I don't just see Brenda anymore. I see another man.
And you're arrogant. They can't see Jesus. They can't see Jesus. They just see you. But when I put them in the fire, and they should have been burnt up, I see Jesus. They can't see Jesus unless the jar is broken. Unless we break the jar, they can't see Jesus. That, that's what I've come to say. You have to be broken so they can see Jesus. They can't see him in your pious thing. They can't see him when you have, like, you have all the answers. They want to see Jesus. They keep on seeing you. They want to see Jesus, but they keep on seeing you. We're closing, buddy. They want to see Jesus. You think they want to see you. You don't even know why the person came to talk to you. You don't even know why they asked you that question. They want to see Jesus. They want to see Jesus. And your goal is to help them see Jesus. Not you. I told you, I started off with Brian Dawkins. And I said, he gets his gold jacket on, and he immediately goes to praise. He immediately says hallelujah. He immediately begins to point all the glory to God. He immediately points all the glory to God. When's the last time you moved the glory from yourself and pointed it towards God? When's the last time you didn't take credit? Better yet, when's the last time you didn't get mad because you didn't get credit? When someone didn't say, oh, Chloe did a good job. When someone didn't say that, can I say, you know what? It wasn't about me. And then when the person that gets credit that knows that they didn't do work, why aren't you mad? Let me tell you about somebody that has humbled me and it was never about me. Let's rest on our feet. We need a prayer. But not a prayer by, for us. It's a prayer for us, but it's not really for us. Because we need to be able to walk in his name. And a lot of times, the last time we did something in his name was prayer. That's the only time we say, in Jesus' name we pray. That's it. When's the last time you've gone somewhere in his name? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you for your word. But God, we didn't come here to get any credit. We came here for your glory. Moses, when he's on the mountain, he says, God, I, I'll go wherever you want me to go, but just show me your glory. And we want to see your glory on this earth. But we want to be the glory producers. We want to open our lives up to the earth. So that way they can see you. We want to get to the point to where when they see us, and they see all the hell we've been through, and all the struggles we've been through, they respond like Nebuchadnezzar and say, they should be bound, but they're unbound. But now I see another person with them. 
and one who looks like the Son of God. They need to see you, Lord God. So what we have, we're asking is that you would help us to decrease. Help us to decrease in how we speak. Help us to decrease on our jobs. Help us to decrease and, and, and amongst our friends. Help us to decrease when we walk through the mall. Help us to decrease on social media. Help us to decrease on college campuses. Help us to decrease so that you may be that they may increase. Help us to be weak so that they can see your strength. Help your grace be evident in our lives. Help us to show that you have been merciful to us. And that the only reason why we're standing is because of you. The only reason why we have our sanity or we should be crazy is because of you. The only reason why we made it through college was because of you. The only reason why we have a little money in the bank is because of you. That you were the provider. The only reason why our parents didn't put us, put us away because of you. The reason why we had to be raised this way is so that people could see you and not us. So that we couldn't look up and say, see what I have done. But we would say, see what God has done. That's what our prayer is. Help us and forgive us, oh Lord. For every time we took credit when we should have gave you glory. Forgive us for every time we stood proud when we should have been humble. Forgive us, Lord God. Forgive us because we didn't know what we were doing. But now we are convinced of this thing. That we are confident that he who began a work in us shall complete it. But he, you can't complete it if we're taking all the credit. Remove pride from us now, Lord God. Oh, remove pride from us now. And help us to be the broken jars that you would have us to be. You may be seated. Thank you for your audience. Thank you. This uh, is our little housekeeper thing. We'll be ready. Hey there, family. I want to thank you for listening to another episode or this special edition of the Barnaby Speaks podcast. But before we, uh, I close out, I wanted to add a little bit of correction. At the end of my sermon, I gave an example from uh, the book of First Kings and where I, I actually used two examples of the, of oil, about oil and the widow. But I wanted to stop there because I wanted to make sure I gave you some clarity. Uh, one of the scriptures I used, oh, the, the example I used was about the woman that had, all the, had to fill all the pots of oil. But I used two st stories uh, as I was doing it. Uh, the first one was First, first Kings, uh, the 17th chapter, uh, from the 7th through the 24th verse. Now, that was the woman that actually said that she was going to get the food for her, her son and die. But I, I more so used the example from uh, the widow's olive oil, which is going to be in Second Kings, the 4th chapter, uh, starting from the 1st verse to the 7th. And uh, that was the woman, uh, her, her, her son had not died, but her husband had died. And 
In that case, she her two sons were going to go into slavery because of the debt. And that's where she was able to fill the, the bottles, uh, the containers of oil, and pay off her debt. And I just want, I always want to, one, be transparent, but two, also, I want to make sure that I am, as I'm speaking, as I'm giving you uh, encouragement, I want to make sure that I am edifying your spirit to the best of my ability and also with the correct uh, scriptures and things that are coming directly from God. And so I wanted to definitely know that I, I mixed two stories uh, in my uh, example. One was from First Kings, the 17th chapter, and that's Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. And that is the one that said she was going to die. Uh, she was going to make this food and die. Now, there was olive oil in, in that in that story. But then the other story that I mixed with that was the, the account, rather, was in Second Kings, the fourth chapter. And that was about the uh, the widow whose husband died and her sons were getting ready to go into slavery. And she had to fill the, the oil containers. That is that. But I also wanted to make sure that I always leave it with you with an opportunity to know that I am praying for you. But also an opportunity to know that if you are seeking prayer, if you're seeking salvation or you want to know a little bit more about your relationship with God, you can always reach out to me via my email at cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. That is cloyd.brown at rocrdu.com. Or you reach me at um, any of my social media platforms. My Facebook is my name, Cloyd Stephon Brown. My Instagram is also my name, at Cloyd Brown. And my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. I look forward to hearing from you, and I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for continuously listening and supporting and sharing with your friends and family. I pray that God will bless you. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. Have a wonderful day.